Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast with ju- which just won't stop. It won't stop. I'm Paul Verhoeven. That's John Verhoeven. And Dad, a very quick update, because last week we talked about the shootings and the kind of gangland weirdness that's been going on in Sydney. Have you been following the news on this one? Paul, I have. Okay. I thought you were going to keep going now. Okay. Well, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> sm- why are we up so early this morning? It's the uh, earliest we've ever recorded. Just try something new, Dad. Love it. So in ABC News, Sydney underworld figure Ibrahim Hamzi charged with soliciting a murder. Police have charged Ibrahim with multiple offences after extraditing the Sydney underworld figure from Queensland overnight. The charges include soliciting a murder, shooting at someone with intent to murder, and several firearms offences. It's believed detectives have repeatedly warned Mr. Hamsey, 27, who has survived multiple execution attempts, his life is in danger. What were you doing at 27 years old, Dad? Hmm. Well, lots of things. Okay, but not that. Some things I can't share with you, Paul. Really? Because they're personal. Oh. <laughs> I always wanted to be a nudist. Did you know that? Nope. Keep reading, Paul. Okay. The arrest... No, Dad, I'm going. The arrest is the latest incident in the extended feud between the Alamedine and Hamzy, sometimes spelt Hamzy families. He was detained on the Gold Coast on Monday before a Queensland magistrate granted New South Wales police, blah, blah, blah. The reason I wanted to read this article is because this is the kind of update. At Bankstown Police Station late yesterday, he was charged with more than a dozen offences, most of which relate to his alleged role in a public place shooting outside a gym in Prospect in Sydney's West late last year. CCTV captured four men walking toward the gym's entrance when a series of bullets were fired toward them with several shots striking the staircase and building. Several bullets also entered a daycare centre next to the gym and narrowly missed children and staff inside. I've seen the footage. You've seen the footage? There's actually a baby, like a young, like a three or four year old, and you can clearly see a bullet come through the wall. All the gyprock explodes, like fine, sort of like a mist of sort of, you know, white powder as the bullet tears through the wall and the baby literally jumps out of the way. Are you serious? You haven't seen that? No, I, I've seen the footage. It's staggering. Yeah, I've seen the footage of the... Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got it now. Let's see. You think a baby leaps out of the... Oh, my God. I wouldn't... Dad, I wouldn't say the baby dodged the bullets, but that... Wow. Okay. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's, it's also terrible podcasting, describing... Just having reactions to video. But yeah, two bullets smacked into the gyprock behind these kids. Mm. Well... I mean, that seems pretty stressful. Mm. The The notion of a drive-by has always been a bit intense, but this this thing appears to just... It's still going. I don't... Under, anyway. It's look, amazing. Um, yeah. In the Dirty Harry films, Paul, where he uses the the forty four Magnum, yes. which he describes as the world's you know biggest handgun, mm. perhaps it was at the time, and it may still... Or may well still be. Compensating. Um, but he would get out of um, a car... 
and there'd be gun, you know, gunfire in the streets of you know San Francisco, and it always used to make me laugh in the in the films, you know, back in the seventies, mm. when people would take cover behind a car door or a garbage bin. That is so funny. And what you're saying is that these that bullets would... would go through engine blocks. Mm. You c- you can't hide. So you can imagine a bullet going through a gyprock wall. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just laughable. Well, I'm glad the kids didn't get hurt. So Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Paul, um, basically, you may recall I mentioned when I went up to get coffee, the guy walking down the road. Oh, yeah, the scantily clad yeah, guy. Yeah, well, so because you started this, we started, we started this podcast so early this morning, uh, possibly the earliest we've ever done it, um, which may change when... Christine and I go to Thailand in less than two weeks. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll be um, broadcasting, but we'll be four hours behind. Mm. So I I made a dash for the local coffee shop this morning very early and grabbed my uh, my usual. And um, sure enough, the guy, he came up the road and he was wearing exactly the same clothing. So I think he probably goes to work like that. And he, But I did notice he had white nail polish on his toenails. Okay which is interesting. True. But the, the little aside to that is that demonstrating what a weird street um, we live in, which is just around the corner. Well, obviously, we don't live in that street because it's around the corner. But I'm walking down the street last week after we'd recorded the podcast. And I had this weird... You know how sometimes you walk past a building and you just have a desire to sort of look up at the building? Do you ever get that? Do you, have yes. you ever had that? Yeah. So yeah. I looked up at this building and I saw something... That was so frightening. It's possibly, I know that I'm almost 62, Paul, and I, it sounds weird if I say this actually possibly scarred me for life. Can you guess what I saw? Uh, someone doing a pressed fruit bowl against the window. What's a pressed fruit bowl? It's where you take your pants off, bend over, and squish your bits against Paul, the window. <laughs> well, that's offensive, but also in this particular case, this. This window that I happened to glance up at, I don't know why I did it. I've never mm. looked up like that. It was just like something was calling me. Mm-hmm. Um, if that particular thing had been done, it would have been dangerous because it was very high up. But what I saw, uh, it was so scary that I... But again, I couldn't avert my eyes. And I couldn't even tell Christine about it because I, I, didn't, I didn't want her to see it. It was a press fruit salad. It was worse than that. There was an elderly lady. Yeah. When I say elderly, I'm guessing about 110. She was topless and she was hanging her her breasts out the window, airing them. Oh, God, it was so frightening, Paul. Wait. Oh, God. And now the problem, of course, is that every single time I walk past that building, which is at least three times a day, I... Always now look up, not with a desire to see her, but just to sort of kind of, I can't not look at it, the window. No, Dad, the problem isn't that. The problem is that some people have heard about this true crime podcast called Loose Units. And they're like, I'm going to give that a try. I don't like podcasts. I don't get them. But I'm going to have a listen anyway and see if it's any good. And then, you know, 10 minutes into the podcast... You tell that story, and they tune out, and they never come back. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but it, but it, it it was fascinating, and I have a feeling she was totally naked. 
even though I couldn't see her lower half. Great. Dad, you mentioned before the show, mm. you said you got some stories about gnomes. I have Correct. no idea what... Y- Did you say you have no idea? I didn't say that, but... Oh. But I'm wishing I did. So, could you please fill me in as to what stories you have mm. about gnomes? All right. Well, everyone knows that I have a fairly convoluted way of getting to the point. Would you concur? I couldn't concur more. Excellent. So, the first story is not so much about a gnome. Okay? Right. So, you... Fuck's sake. Okay, but, go Paul, on. Yeah. But, but but just stay with me on this. I'll endeavour to do so because it's it's a it's a wacky story, okay, um, and it's kind of about privilege. Now, as the listeners know, I've got a picture hanging business I've hung for an amazing array of people over probably fifteen years, including a lot of really famous people, um, and I I really do enjoy what I do. But it's demanding sometimes. You know, you deal with people that are very, very particular, which is okay, but sometimes it's just it, it gets to the point where it's just madness. So I go to um, Lady Fairfax's house, went to Lady Fairfax's house. She opens the door and she looked at me. I had to hang one of, one of her magnificent paintings and she said to me, would you mind using the tradesman's entrance? Dad, I think you've told this on the show before. Yeah, but this is a prequel to the next story. And then the next story after that, okay? Wait, there's three stories and you're now telling a prequel to set up the two stories that you haven't told yet. Why don't you Paul, just tell the stories? No, no, people... no, because there's a, there's a lead up to it. Anyway, so she asked me to use the tradesman's entrance, to which I said, no, I'm either coming in the front door. And we, yeah, eventually she let me in the front door. Wow, whoopee do. I then go to, some months later, a house in another very affluent suburb in Sydney. I'm walking up the path to this mansion and there's a fork in the path. And standing at the fork in the garden is a gnome. And the gnome is holding a sign with an arrow. So if you're looking at the gnome, the arrow is going to the left. And the little sign that the gnome is holding says, it points off up this garden path, and it says, Tradesman's Entrance. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So tradesmen and people of that ilk are not allowed to go up to the right to use the front door. Of course, can you imagine how incensed I was? Do you know what I did? You kicked the gnome. I did. I kicked the gnome over. Right. Which is not... I mean, the gnome is an inanimate object. And I kind of felt a little bit sorry for the gnome. Mm. But I was very, very upset. And needless to say, I went to the right, knocked on the door. The look on their face to see me standing there with all my tools was... And I just thought, look, this is ridiculous. And then I got thinking about gnomes, which is the point of this story. Paul, do you know anything about the history of gnomes? A uh, little bit. What do you know? No, was... you no, you know what? You, you, you're on a roll. Why don't you okay. tell me what, what I should know about gnomes? All right. I'm actually going to recite some, some facts that are so... I was thinking... I've been thinking about this for about a week now, wanting to talk about... In fact, I've, I've been so enamoured with this story that I, I've sort of saved it for the podcast. I know you're very, very... I know you've got a very high standard of content, but just just bear with me, okay? Okay. I think you're in, you and the listeners are in for a real treat because this is one of the most bizarre stories in my almost 62 years, and I know I've said that twice now on the podcast, but I've been around for a long time. I've seen a lot of weird stuff. I've heard phantasmagorical stories. And I know you have too, Paul, and you've written some great stories too, but I'm going to read this 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 stuff and, and you can give me your opinion, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so garden gnomes were once real people employed as decorations by the rich. Did you know that? Is that does that sort of pique your interest? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Are you just using that word little for fun? No. <laughs> okay, get ready for this. Right. The ceramic garden gnomes we see today have a very human and very solemn past. Before the days of the ceramic garden gnome, a human being often played the role of stern, robe-wearing guardian of flora and fauna, and that person was preferably a grizzled old man who didn't mind living in seclusion and foregoing even basic personal hygiene. Meet the ornamental hermit. Two trends in Georgian England created a moment in history for the phenomenon of ornamental hermitage, solitude and overt displays of material wealth. Wealthy landowners desired expansive and often ornate gardens on their property and would use these expanses to reflect not just financial riches but existing social mores such as melancholy. Elite circles viewed this deeper, more introspective form of sadness as a mark of intelligence 
and thus sought to associate themselves with the sentiment whenever possible. Physical property presented an easy, obvious avenue to bring this social virtue of melancholy to life. Soon enough, wealthy landowners began placing wanted ads in newspapers to fill this very aim. Ad writers often sought men who would agree to live in a garden for a span of time, usually about seven years, it seems, and devote themselves to a silent, forlorn, if not also wise and mysterious existence. One such ad placed by Charles Hamilton outlined the expectations for a hermit in residence as follows. He shall be provided with a Bible, optical glasses, a mat for his feet, a hassock for his pillow, an hourglass for timepiece, water for his beverage, and food from the house. He must wear a camlet robe, which is a robe made of camel hair, probably very uncomfortable, and never under any circumstances must he cut his hair, beard or nails, stray beyond the limits of Mr. Hamilton's grounds, or exchange one word with the servant. The more eccentricities the hermit possessed, the better while some consider modern-day hermits' preference for sequestration and pathological disorders, 18th-century Europe lauded an individual's proclivity towards solitude and paid a pretty penny to those willing to nearly a decade without a bath or new clothing or go without. This was a tall order, and some men who took on the position couldn't stand the life for more than a few months or years. These men must have been rather miserable, as hermitage contracts often stated that if the hermit left before his tenure ended, he would also forego payment for his services. For those who stayed, life was fairly straightforward. Most hermits lived in small shacks or caves built for them on the property and offered themselves to guests as a silent physical symbol of solitude and the nearness of death. Not interacting with guests was the hermit's key job function, at least most of the time. Some accounts tell of hermits performing duties such as light agricultural work or bartending garden parties. God. More often than not, though, the hermit's existence justified his paycheck. Not unlike the way a nobleman of the era would have shown off his prized mare or his lovely wife, an ornamental garden hermit provided the elite another asset for others to praise for those who were you going to say something i was going to say would you pay that is it's it's pretty gross it's incredible for those who couldn't afford to actually employ a hermit they often set up a hermitage to imply that a hermit may soon arrive or had just departed which offered the property owner a similar air of prestige As cultural and technological changes shifts led society away from the maudlin and excessive and treating humans as ornaments, the garden hermit soon swapped skin and solemnity for glass and kitsch to become the ceramic garden gnome we know today. Okay, so basically gnomes, garden gnomes, are a ornamental version of paying a hermit to dress up and be kind of creepy and daunting Correct. in the yard yeah. as some sort of weird gauche symbol of wealth. It's like Correct. having a it's, it's it's like going to a party and seeing a naked person on all fours as a like acting yeah. as like a table. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. it's weird and gross. Okay. I have to ask what's it got to do with crime? Um well, not a lot. Anything? Um, Anything at all? Well, there could have been um, occasionally these gnomes may well have stolen things from the property. Did they? I don't know, but it's possible. 
But did they? Oh, God. Imagine going to one of the little caves and seeing all the candelabra and tea caddies. Here's the thing, Dad. First of all, that's a fucking terrible thing to say that you think they live in caves. Secondly, I'm... I mean... I'm, Paul, loose ends is yeah. exactly that. Yeah, that's true. To- but we like to kind of thread it back when we can. <laughs> what I'm curious about is if you were one of those very unfortunate employees of some rich prick back in the day, I think you'd be well within your rights to steal everything mm. they owned. But Paul, right? I mean, look, if you committed a crime back then and you looked like an ornamental gnome uh-huh. um, and any witness saw you commit the crime, it would not be that difficult for the local constabulary to, you know, figure yep. out who did but, it and where but you no live. One, no, Dad, no one's going to think the gnome did it. Because gnomes is complete. I think rich people and poor people, there's a blind spot there, right? I mean, do you think a rich person could be so deluded? Oh, you'd have access well, I to that. D- I deal with some pretty wacky people. Yeah. Um, I look some of the things that I've seen in my in my travels because I get to go into people's houses and it's mm. just so oh my god, you're like a gnome. You're like a gnome, Dad. Yeah, you have but I shower. Uh huh. And I, you know, I do look after myself. And you don't live in a cave filled with baubles. Actually, you absolutely do. <laughs> you know, a lot of very nice things. I'll be honest, Dad. You've taken us down a road I don't know how to get back from, really. Uh, well, imagine if you... Okay. Look, I guess it, it, whenever you start talking about little things, it gets difficult. Um, oh, God. Doesn't it? <laughs> oh, God. God. I can... I can... No, you know what? I think no, I'm just thinking about crime. All oh, right. I mean, right. look. One thing that's interesting, Dad, is that after last episode of Loose Units, where we talked about the quarantine station, mm. we've received quite a few accounts from people regarding things that they've seen. Mm. Um, I think it's possible that people have kind of been sitting on ghost stories for a while and they're kind of letting them all out in one go. So mm. what we're going to do over the coming weeks during Loose Ends is read some of your stories. So we're going to go into that. So if you've experienced something weird, or alternatively, because what I really want to do, Dad, is dig into the crimes that, uh, you know, has kind of... that have, I want to dig into the crimes that have led these locations to be apparently haunted, because some of these places, I found a few different haunted sites, which are the focal points of a lot of stories, but the actual crimes that incite those stories are super interesting. Mm, mm. So I really want to kind of delve into those. So if you have any stories for us, uh, head across to facebook.com forward slash loose units. And look, I think that's all the time we have for this week's very odd, very odd episode of Loose Ends. But that's what Loose Ends is. As Dad pointed out, it is a place for bits and bobs. No, it's fascinating, Paul. And in closing, Mm. um, I have a copy of an advertisement from Craig's List, okay? Okay. And it says... God. Gentle lady seeks ornamental hermit. That's a true ad on Craigslist. Oh, you think it was a fetish? Well, you know, in summing up, um, may I say that, and I'm quoting here, while the not bathing or speaking for several years may be unpalatable for many, as far as job duties go, reminding all passers-by of our shared mortality certainly beats data entry. How's that for a closing? Pretty weird, Dad. (laughs) Pretty weird. I love you, mate. Love you too, Dad. Thanks so much for listening to Loose Ends, and we will see you next week for more Loose Units. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.